Hi friends, I'm Tierney. And I'm Shelby. And we're Dead, Dead Drunk. I don't know. I don't. I can never tell how it goes until I start editing. Yeah, so if it's not if it's not there, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know what else to say besides how's your quarantine, but it's been too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we say that every time. I just want it to be over. My yeah. school's officially closed till the end of the year. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's sad okay i'll get over it but it's like ugh, it sucks yeah and then they're also i guess talking about not even opening again in september yeah the college i work at which i probably said before vassar is talking about pushing the fall semester start date back yeah if we can't open because there are a lot of students that say they won't they'll take a semester off if we're virtual oh that's crazy well, I guess if you're paying the Vassar, the Vassar price, you want the Vassar experience. Right. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a character in The Politician that goes to Vassar. That's cool. Yeah, that's not what I was going to say, but I forgot <laughs> what I was going to say. And so then I said that. <laughs> um, oh, uh, I was talking to my aunt who works at my school and she, I guess, was talking to people she knows because she's worked in the district for like 30 years or something crazy like that. Um, and she's saying that the middle school was thinking that they were going to do like a sixth grade day and then sanitize and then a seventh grade day and then sanitize and then an eighth grade day and then sanitize and then sixth grade again. So like for every one day that they have in school, they'll have two days online. Okay. Which is interesting. Like, I'm wondering if if schools are going to start doing that and that's going to be, like, the new normal for, like, everywhere. Mm. Which is crazy to think about. That it's, like, everything as we know it is doomed. I don't don't know. It's crazy. I don't don't know what fall is going to look like. I don't even know. All I really know for sure is that summer is not summer. It's not going to be, like, a fun time. So... I mean, at least, like, if it's nice out. Like, last night, Adam and I went to his parents because they have, like, a little fire pit. And we sat, like, across the fire from them and just, like, ate and drank stuff. That's nice. Which was, yeah, it was nice. It was really nice out. So, like. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. nice. So, at least we have the outdoors. Yeah. I was just sitting on my balcony all morning and there was, <laughs> I was just, you know, minding my own business, sitting out there with Adam having coffee. And we look and there's this guy who is pushing what we think is a stroller in the middle of the street, but going the wrong way. And then as he gets closer, we realize it's not a stroller. It's a grill. <laughs> Why are you pushing a grill? <laughs> like it's a baby. <laughs> Where are you going? Oh, but, God. oh, my God. It was so it's people are going crazy. <laughs> That's uh, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary. Like maybe he went and got a grill from somebody. And uh, No, it's just. But why are you? In the middle of the road, going the wrong way, like pushing it like a stroller. Because there's no danger. There's. <laughs> I'm in 
temperature. <laughs> no, people are going so crazy. They're like, oh, I got to take my grill on a walk. <laughs> Speaking of funny, actually, I don't know <laughs> funny at all. I don't know why I said that. Speaking of. I was trying to come up with a good segue and it didn't work. Um, speaking of New Hampshire, that's where our <laughs> case takes place. If you didn't know by the title, we are doing Pamela Smart today. <laughs> her and her husband lived in Derry, New Hampshire. So because of this, I decided to do a little play on a famous New Hampshire cocktail called the Gundalo. It's originally made with General John Stark vodka, Flag Hill cranberry liqueur, lime juice, Cointreau, and a slice of lime. But obviously, I don't have all of those things. Um, the inventor of the cocktail is a guy named Steve Baum, and he wanted to create a drink that took advantage of New Hampshire-made products. I don't have any New Hampshire-made products <laughs> because I live in New York. So what I did is I took some Tito's vodka... <laughs> Not Flag Hill Cranberry Liqueur, but Cranberry Liqueur. Lime juice. I used triple sec, and then I actually topped it with a cranberry lime um, seltzer to kind of cut it a little bit because it was a little strong. So, And it was very delicious. I drank about six of them the other night. So <laughs> so they're easy <laughs> to put back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were very delicious. So if you have your cocktail... Are you ready for the case? Drink up, dead drunkies. Woo. <laughs> We're getting All right. there. Yeah, we are. We'll, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. Okay. Um, this is kind of a short episode because they kind of figured out what happened pretty quickly, but I'll get into that. That's what I was um, talking about. Not this case, but the fact that they could figure out some cases really quickly because we were watching something on Investigation Discovery the other day. And there was so much, like, backstory, like, oh, and then this happened in their relationship, and they fought this night, and John was like, they're giving you all this, like, bullshit, because there's not a lot of meat to the story. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. This is, like, a very famous case, but I didn't find, like, a a whole lot of information about it. Yeah. Because I think it was very straightforward. Um, In 1986, Pamela Wojasswajas... Oh, sorry. Her last name is just. How do you spell it? W O J A S. I had to say Pam Not Smart. <laughs> yeah, Pamela Not So Smart. Um, was in New Hampshire. She was there visiting family over her school's Christmas recess. She actually attended Florida State University down in, I think, Cape Coral, Florida. And she was studying communications there. She dreamed of being a famous reporter. When she wasn't in class, Pamela was working at the local radio station or attending metal concerts. She was the self-proclaimed maiden of metal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What? I've never I've never heard that about her before. <laughs> oh yeah, she loved metal. Um and this is something that her and her future husband Gregory Smart bonded over. It was in New Hampshire that Christmas break at a New Year's Eve party that she originally met Smart. The two hit it off and had a whirlwind romance. And not too long after they met, Greg picked up his whole life and moved down to Florida to be with Pam. Wow. Yeah. I guess he, she was in college and he wasn't really doing much. So he was like, I guess I'll move to, to be with you, which is kind of crazy. 
I also mean, it's Florida, so it's like it's probably nice weather, better than New Hampshire. I don't know. No, that's what I was going to say is that if the choice was Florida or New Hampshire, I think I would go to Florida. Yeah. So about two years into their relationship, when Pam was still in college, the two were married. And when she graduated, they actually moved back up to New Hampshire because she couldn't really find a job down in Florida. Um, so the job that she took was at a, as a media services director for a, a school district up in Derry, New Hampshire, which was not her dream job of being the next Barbara Walters, but it was enough to put food on the table. Um, Greg found a job as a life insurance agent and bought Pamela a puppy that she would name Halen after her favorite band Van Halen. Oh, that's so cute. I think it's a really cute name for a dog. Yeah. Like I'm not a huge Van Halen fan, but <laughs> it's like adorable. It's cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pamela remembers a brief time of being very happy in her marriage and taking weekend trips to Atlantic City to visit the Trump Casino. <laughs> <So> <laughs> good for you, Pam. <laughs> that's what makes you happy. <laughs> okay. Wait, that was the only thing. It was brief for a brief time she was happy yeah okay on the night of may 1st 1990 pam smart came home from a school function to find her 24 year old husband greg smart dead on the floor in a pool of his own blood what wait how long have they been married at this point um this was 1990. They met in 1986. They were married in 1988. So they've been married for two years. That's not even like long enough for you to like hate somebody that much. Okay, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so as the investigation began, Pamela became very depressed and manic. Her mother became quite concerned and almost checked her into a mental health facility before deciding that she could take care of her herself. Okay. I guess she, like, couldn't handle the death? Yeah, she was really, really upset. All right. I mean, that's understandable, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, your husband just died, so. Right. So any normal person would be upset. Yeah, makes sense. Maybe not psychiatric hospital upset, but, like. Yeah. Um, I did read that her mother later regretted not checking her in, so she must have been pretty bad. Oh, Police originally believed that Greg's death occurred because of a burglary gone wrong. However, not too long into the investigation, two boys named Pete Randall and Vance Latim Jr. were overheard at school telling a classmate that they were involved in the murder. The story was that Randall had held him down while Billy shot him. Because that's just like normal school talk. I get. I mean, I feel like young boys would. I don't know. I've heard in a lot of cases of like boys like bragging about doing stuff like that. Like with um Jasmine Richardson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like at the party, like bragging. I don't know. I don't know why you would brag about that. But that sounds like what they were doing. So the story that was overheard was that Pamela Smart had seduced their friend Billy and told him that they would have to stop having sex unless he killed her husband. Okay. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a good enough reason to me. Yeah, but if you're like a teenage boy. Oh, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) 
I don't know how teenage boys think, but presumably yeah. they're dumber than. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so not even a year into their marriage, Pamela says that Greg cheated on her. He had a one night stand with a woman, felt horrible about it and then told her. Um, but she was obviously not thrilled. The couple did stay married, but this event clearly shifted something in their relationship. Pam didn't think she was good enough anymore and her self-esteem took a huge hit, which makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Um, That's sad, though, because it sounds like he really did kind of mess up and he tried to. Yeah, it was like a one time thing. It wasn't like a, you know, and uh, anyone would be really upset. But. Right. But it it does sound like he tried to make it right. Like he was like, look, I messed up and I'm really sorry, but needed to let you know. Mm Because if you don't say anything, then it's just it gets worse. Exactly. Yep. Um. It is kind of ironic that her self-esteem was so low because at the time, as part of her job, Pamela was facilitating a self-esteem program in the schools. And that was when she met 15-year-old Billy Flynn, a student volunteer that would change her life. Oh, that's so sad. I know. (laughs) That would be me as a school counselor. Like, do this and you'll get your your shit together. And then we'll be like... (laughs) My husband cheated on me. <laughs> I know. Um, You're like drinking. I'll have beer in my desk. You're like, oh. <laughs> exactly. It never gets better. <laughs> so Billy and Pam have both admitted to engaging in a romantic relationship. Remember, Pamela was only 22 at the time because she had just graduated college when she got this job. Um, still not okay, but a little better. Um, and Billy had recently turned 16 when the two began sleeping together. So still illegal. Um, <laughs> she said it happened about five times over a two month period. What What was her role again? Was she guidance counselor at the she, school or what? Yeah, she was like a media specialist, I think. That doesn't but sound she, like a real job. But <laughs> like she, real worked, job. <laughs> she worked within the district. So she worked at a bunch of schools. She was. Oh, a, okay. Okay. A media services director for the school district. I was going to say, is this the guidance counselor? Because, like, I uh, I actually, in high school, my guidance counselor did sleep with a student. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think that they got married. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> for sure, we know it's true. The guidance counselor left. And, like, I think she got pregnant. And they, I think that oh they got married. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. But nobody died. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. No. Yes. Um so Pamela now says that if her husband had never admitted to his one night stand that she would have never slept with Billy. I guess she kinda did it out of revenge. That kind of that that kind of makes sense, I think. Yeah. And I mean I don't know if it might have been revenge, it might have also been just like she didn't feel good enough anymore and now this sixteen year old kid is like Oh my God, you're so amazing. I could totally see that. The 16 year old is going to worship her like she's a goddess. Yeah. Which is probably what she needed at that moment. Yeah. Something that was missing in her marriage, I guess. Again, it's not right to to sleep with a 16 year old boy, but. (laughs) No, not condoning. I can kind of see what made her do it. Right. The psychology behind it makes sense. Right. So during the murder investigation, a student named Cecilia Pierce. Agreed to wear a wire while talking to Smart just in case she said anything cr- incriminating. And she did. We will get to what she said later. 
On August 1st of 1990, Pamela Smart was approached in the school parking lot by Detective Daniel Pelletier. Pam was familiar with this detective because he had been handling the murder investigation, so she kindly greeted him, to which he told her, Pam, I'm sorry, quote, Pam, I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good news is I figured out who murdered your husband. The bad news is you're under arrest. Oh, wow. (laughs) Pam responded, what for? To which Pelletier said, first degree murder, stand up and face the wall. Which is like pretty badass. (laughs) Like, oh, shit. Do you think that on the way to the school, he practiced it? Like, Pam, I got some good news and some bad news. Like, in his car by himself? Yeah, that sounds like a movie. But, like, apparently that's exactly what he said, which is so funny. Um, So, during the trial, Pierce claimed that in February, Smart confessed to her that she was in love with Bill. And she also talked about a time when her and Bill went over to Smart's house to watch movies, which is just very weird. Um, This happened in April of 1990. She also said that she stayed at Smart's house from April 23rd to 27th for a couple of days. I'm assuming that Greg Smart's out of town or something those weekends. But I guess it wasn't unlike pierce to stay over at smart's house i'm not sure what pierce's home life was um it's kind of weird to have your students stay over i guess i could see if um if maybe they were having trouble at home because a lot of times teachers do become like caretakers for students um but this seemed just a little bit weird especially since smart again is only 22 there's not a huge age difference between them it kind of seems like they were just like hanging out so This one time, Billy came over while Pierce was staying, and according to Pierce, they all were watching movies. They rented two movies. Uh, The first one they watched was Nine and a Half Weeks, and then after this movie was over, Bill and Pam went upstairs, and Pierce was getting bored watching the second movie by herself, so she went up to see what was going on, and they were having sex on the bedroom floor. Pamela admitted to the affair with Billy Flynn, but she claimed that she had nothing to do with the murder of her husband. She claimed that it was all the doing of Billy Billy Flynn and his friends because of his jealousy. Smart claimed that she had broken things off with Billy to repair her marriage and that he didn't like it. I think this is what, like, tears me in this case, because that seems just as likely as her putting the idea in his head. And honestly, I agree with that. But. So I don't just like how I don't know that her saying she's in love with Billy is enough to arrest her on. I don't know that this is enough to say she had anything to do with it. Yeah, I I don't know what I believe either. So I got the transcripts for these recorded conversations from ssristories.drugawareness.org. They will be linked on our website and our sources. Basically, all of these conversations, there were there are four different instances where there were recorded conversations. There was June 19th, which was a phone call. There was July 12th and 13th, which were both in person. And then there was the final one, August 1st, which was also a phone call. Something to note is that Pam was speaking very, very fast. 
According to Pam, she was on Prozac and she was on a dose that was way too high for her. So according to this source, Pam weighed about 102 to 105 pounds. She was a very small little woman and she had way too high of a dosage, which made her manic and which made her talk fast. On top of her talking fast, these audio sources, all four of them, are, according to pretty much everybody who listened to them, distorted, crackly, garbled, very inaudible. A lot of them were actually labeled inaudible in court. Even the prosecutor for the case, Paul Maggiato, acknowledged the poor tape quality and all of the jurors and everybody in the courtroom that had to listen to these tapes actually had to wear headphones and even then they could barely hear what was going on. So those are two things to note. I'm not really sure how great of evidence these were because of those two things. Uh, But the first conversation on June 19th is a phone conversation and Pierce asks Smart, but listen, if they find out that I lied for you, am I going to be charged with, and before she can finish, Smart interrupts her with, you're not going to be lying, lying for me. You didn't lie about anything. You don't know anything. What the hell's the problem? Smart continues to talk to Pierce, but then when Pierce mentions that she could have just gotten a divorce instead of killing her husband, she makes an inaudible comment and then hangs up the phone. Uh, Later on, Smart called Pierce back and spoke again rapidly and said, they're going to try to get you to talk and confess. You know, they're going to say, we know, you know, and all that, you know, try to make you nervous. But all you have to do is just maintain the same story, you know, and that's it. And, you know, you don't know. That's it, you know, which, again, she's very manic and very nervous. Take a shot every time she says, you know, Um, (laughs) and then later she continues But I don't, you know, I don't think you should be nervous, you know, realize that it's just if they start telling you, look, well, this person is going to say, you know, Bill was at your house at like 10 p.m. this time or whatever, you'll say, well, Bill's obviously lying because he was on trial for his life and that's it. You know, and the police are going to realize that Bill or anybody is making up stories because that's how it looks. So according to Pam, these conversations took place. She called Cecilia back because she wanted the information to see if Cecilia knew what happened she knew cecilia and billy and all of them were close friends and if billy was the one to kill greg she knew that cecilia would know about it the last conversation on this day took place at around 3:50 when pierce called smart and smart immediately says did you find out what's been happening which again makes sense if smart is really only talking to pierce to try to get information pierce then mentions to smart that the police found a note that she had written to Billy Flynn. And so I'm not really sure at this point if Pam Smart knows what was going on. I'm not sure if this is incriminating for Pam Smart because this doesn't really tell us that she had anything to do with it, really. Um, especially if the tapes are kind of garbled. She, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that I sound like I'm trying to defend a psychopathic murderer or whatever the fuck. But first of all, I don't think she is. And secondly, it sounds more reasonable that she would go, I'm afraid I'm going to get busted for having sex with a minor. I mean, she's working in a school. She's having an affair with a young student. Yeah. So on July 12th and 13th, Pierce was fitted with the body wire and those conversations were recorded with Smart. However, it has been said by Mark Sisti, Smart's attorney, that Smart knew that Pierce had a wire during this conversation. There was actually a time during it where 
Smart said to Pierce, if you're wired and you come in here, you're going to give me a sign, right? So I know. And Pierce says, yeah, I'll wink. Um, obviously, she didn't, but Pierce wanted to gain Pam's trust in this way. However, she didn't really say anything incriminating during these conversations, and that may have been because she knew that Pierce was wired. The last conversation took place over the phone on August 1st at around 10 a.m., and very shortly after this, Pam was actually arrested. This tape was the key piece of evidence that put Pam Smart away. Although most of the tapes were unintelligible, this one, there was no question that it was Pam's voice, and there was no question what she said. Pam said, quote, If you tell the truth, we're all fucking going to jail. And this was enough for police. Okay. Well, so that paints her in a different light. It's not a good look, Pammy. (laughs) It seems strange to me. Her reaction kind of seemed genuine, but now maybe it was just overdramatic to throw people off. I know. One of the boys testified if she should scream, if she should call police, if she should run away, and they told her to act normal, according to um, Latim. On March 22nd of 1991, Pamela Smart was found guilty and convicted of being an accomplice to first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and witness tampering. This was mostly because there were conversations that were secretly taped where she claimed she had no idea of the plot the boys had. And if not for these conversations, Pam Smart would have been convicted of capital murder and possibly sentenced to death. Instead, she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So... Pretty much she's kept her innocence the whole time. So he cheated too. Yeah. Um, so in prison, Smart has spent a lot of her time tutoring other inmates and has completed two master's degrees in literature and in legal studies. Smart became a member of the National Organization for Women and is now campaigning for rights for women in prison, which I think is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Good for her. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, she's been through a lot since being imprisoned. In October of 1996, she was assaulted by two inmates and had to receive a metal plate in her face to fix the damages. According to Murderpedia, they claimed that Smart, quote unquote, snitched on them about their prison relationship. And these inmates were ultimately transferred to different prisons. See, it doesn't. First of all, it seems like she's a model prisoner. (laughs) Yeah. So you would think she would qualify for some type of appeal also because she didn't actually commit the murder. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately it also gets worse because in 2003, quote unquote, scantily clad pictures of Pam smart were published. She was placed in solitary confinement for two months to which she sued claiming that the photos were taken by a prison guard who had raped her. Um, The lawsuit was eventually dismissed and Smart was eventually compensated for this crime financially when another inmate came forward as well for the same thing that they had been raped by the prison guard. So a prison guard raped her and another inmate and then posted pictures of her online? Yep. That's disgusting. I know. Um, While in prison, Pamela Smart ironically loves to watch the show Prison Break. 
<laughs> she also does try to keep in contact with Billy Flynn because she believes that he is the, quote, key to her freedom. She believes that if he were to come forward with the truth that she could get out, but she truly does not believe that he will. He's out, right? Okay, so Billy Flynn did earn his GED. He has been active in charity work and has also worked as an electrician. In 2007, he did try to get his sentence reduced after serving 16 years. He waited so long to do this because he had vowed to himself and to others not to try to get his sentence appealed until he had spent as many years behind bars as he had spent free. So he was 16 when he committed the murder. He wanted to spend another 16 years behind bars to pay for what he did. Um, and now that he's served the same amount of time, he is trying to get out. Um, he also apologized to Greg Smart's family, um, saying that he was really, really sorry for what he did, but the Smart family did not accept his apology, which is fair. On February 12th of 2008, his request for resentencing was denied. However, his parole eligibility was reduced. In 2015, he was eligible for parole, which he was granted. So he is now a free man. Um, Cecilia Pierce, who wore the wire to help convict Pamela Smart, signed a $100,000 deal for the screen rights to her story. The true crime comedy drama To Die For was made about Pam Smart in 1995. Many other shows feature the story of Pam Smart, including the episode of Family Guy entitled Fast Times at Buddy Cianci Jr. High. I have not, but I thought it was a fun fact. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've... I've- I've seen every episode of Family Guy, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, that's my story. I'm sorry if it was a little all over the place. I was drunk when I finished my research, so. It's okay. The gist is the two people that did murder Greg Smart are out, and the person that may or may not have even been involved in the murder, Pamela Smart, is in prison for the rest of her life. Yeah. Um. I mean... I think we do have to take into account that Billy Flynn was like 16 years old. Right. No, I, but I agree still that he like, you know, it's not he right. He does to... actually seem, he seems remorseful. like he is remorseful. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. and he seems rehabilitated if he even had to be, but yeah, as you said, Pam seems to be like a model prisoner. Yeah. I mean, she's she... gotten two master's degrees. She's like, starting a program to fight for women's rights like she's doing all this good stuff it just doesn't seem to me like she had all that much to do with it i mean she might have said something in passing yeah i wouldn't be surprised if she would have said like oh i wish my husband was dead and then had billy been like oh okay Yes, master, like something like that. Like, I I don't know. I don't know. Which I I guess we'll never know exactly what happened because they're, you know, we're not them. What I do know is that it is not in the least bit fair. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think so. Not that those poor boys needed to have their lives ruined, but 
I don't. I just don't think there's enough proof to put her for li- in there for life. Yeah, especially since she was never dangerous. I don't understand. She just doesn't seem like this mastermind to me. Mm-mm. But yeah, we may never know. You're right. But what do you think? Let us know by emailing us at deaddrunkpod at gmail.com. You can show us your pictures of the drinks or share your theories on Instagram in a wide conversation with random people that we may or may not know at Dead Drunk Crime. Or you can tweet, which will hit even more people that we may or may not know. I'm not responsible for any replies that you get on Twitter at <laughs> Dead Drunk Crime. You can find us on Facebook at Dead Drunk, a true crime podcast. And you can go to our website where you can see this whole case written up in a more together format, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And all of our previous cases with the sources and drink recipes linked in there at deaddrunkpodcast.com. And we have merch, which is also linked in our show notes and linked in our blog posts. Yeah. <laughs> if I, you want to show all your friends how dead drunk you are through Zoom or whatever video chatting platform you're using because we can't actually physically see each other. <laughs> I know. It's so sad. Hopefully one day. <laughs> I'm really tired of computer screens. Like I just. <laughs> yeah, me too. Everyone's getting like those blue light glasses. I'm starting to think I need some. I don't think they do anything. <laughs> I don't know. So for our chaser, um, there's a new Instagram filter going around that I wasn't able to use. So I'm having a little bit of FOMO. It's called Musical Roulette, where you'd hit it and it would give you a musical and you'd sing a song from it. So I thought it would be fun if Tierney and I gave each other musicals. And if you know the song, if you know a song from the musical, you sing it. Like some of it. Obviously, we're not going to bore you with like a whole... Like, God forbid you get, I don't know. What's a really, really long musical song? Um, Probably Andrew Lloyd Webber or something. Yeah, but probably. <laughs> but yeah. So like a part of the song. Okay. I found a list on IMDb of the top 100 greatest musicals. We don't have to go through the whole list. Should we just go down the list and if you can sing a song from the musical, sure. do it? So it's like yeah, even for both of us? All right. So uh, the first one is The Wizard of Oz. We're off to see The Wizard, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. <laughs> something, 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 something. Wizard of Oz because. <laughs> oh, my God. I was surprised you didn't sing Somewhere oh. <laughs> Over the Rainbow. Honestly, the first thing that came to mind was the Munchkin rainbow. song. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we both passed <laughs> yeah. that one, right? All right, next is Mary Poppins. That's a super califragilisticexpialidocious, even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. I don't know the rest of the words. There are penguins animated in the song. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. See, the first one that pops into my head for Mary Poppins is a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. It's a classic. <laughs> Yeah, right? Um, I was talking to Adam about that. He's never seen Mary Poppins. And I'm like, how have you never seen Mary Poppins? Oh, that's such a classic. 
But I, I say the same thing with John when I reference Beetlejuice and he's like, you know, I don't get it. Right. I don't because <laughs> he's never seen it. <coughs> Next one is Singing in the Rain, which I don't think we're allowed to sing Singing in the Rain because oh, that's cheating. Well, right? that would be the only song that I know from Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain, just singing in the Rain. Yeah, I've never seen it. I, I would not know any other I ones. I also have never seen it. I could probably sing any song and you would. All right, I'm going to drink for that one. <laughs> F you, Singing in the Rain. Next one is All That Jazz. I don't know anything from Oh, that. all I know is All That Jazz, which I guess would disqualify me, right? That's from Chicago. Then no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all That Jazz is from Chicago, right? And All That Jazz, I'm gonna rouge my knees and roll. That's from Chicago. I guess All That Jazz is about Bob Fosse. Yeah, okay. I don't, so I guess we'll drink. It's available on Amazon if you want to. Yeah, it is from Chicago. Mm. What the hell? That's so confusing yeah. to me. I know. <laughs> um, how about Fiddler on the Roof? Then I have all the money in the world if I was a wealthy. You know, that's it. The beginning to that Gwen Stefani song. That's it. That's all I know. Yeah. Oh, and the other one. Um sunrise oh, sunset yes. <laughs> sunrise sunset swiftly fly the year <laughs> one season following another okay <laughs> and tears okay mm, right a bop if i've ever heard one um west side story oh I like to be in America. Okay, by hey, being America, be in America. Free in America. For a small fee in America. <laughs> I like the city of San Juan. <laughs> um, I have to sing a different one. Um, isn't there one that's like, oh, I could do Maria. I just met a girl named Maria. Yes. Right? Right. There's a bunch in that one. That one yeah, that's, that's a bop. A good one. There's a new one coming out, isn't there? With uh, what's her name as Maria, uh, Rachel Zegler, Zelger, or something. Mm. I don't know. She's a good <laughs> singer. Ooh, Gypsy. I'm just. Gonna I, I saw it, but I can't. <laughs> I saw it with Patty Lapone, and I can't remember any goddamn songs. Oh, nice. That's really awesome. <laughs> Um, sound of music. The hills are alive with the sound of music. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a doe, a deer, a female deer, ray, a drop of golden sun. Oh, there's also you are sixteen, going on seventeen. Going on Maybe 17. you should murder my husband. <laughs> Pam Smart version. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh god. All right. Anyway, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> um, I can't think of the beginning of Pure Imagination, but Pure Imagination is the song that's coming to mind. 
Is that in the musical? No, I don't. I don't know. I've never seen the musical. I've seen the. Oh, I guess it's ju- it is the movie. The Gene Wilder, come with me, yeah. and you'll be in a world in of pure imagination. Um, I what's the Veruca Salt song? Oh, I want it now. <laughs> I want the world. I want the whole world. I want to lock it all up in my pocket. It's my bar of chocolates. Give it to me now. <laughs> I want today. I want tomorrow. Anyway, um, I used to sing that. Because <laughs> she would call me Veruca. I'm like, um, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, Annie. That's a tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. That's it. That's all I'm getting. <laughs> I was thinking, it's a hard knock life for us. It's a hard knock life for us. <laughs> Dedicated. <laughs> we get kissed. Instead of kisses, we get kicked. It's a hard knock. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Cabaret. Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. I don't know any other line. I know that one. Um, I know. On cabaret, on cabaret, on cabaret. With yeah. Patrick. I'm just thinking of Schitt's Creek. Um, and then, uh, 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 maybe this time. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody loves me, Lady Peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this time, maybe this time I'll win. Yeah, thanks, Shit's Creek. They really gave <laughs> us that win. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, ooh, I have to drink for this one. Bye bye, Birdie. Oh, we love you, Conrad. Oh, yes, we do. We love you, Conrad. Something, something blue. Something, something, something. something. I was in the show and I don't remember it, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. Oh, Ben Platt's going to hate me. But I have to drink for this one. The Music Man. Oh, uh, 76 trombone something, something, something. I can't remember anything else, but Robert sings it in Grace and Frankie. He's in the music room, and that's all I remember. <laughs> all right, that counts. Um, it was Ben Platt's first um, professional role. He was the mu- He was in The Music Man when he was like eight. That's so um, cute. At What's It Called? What's the place in California where they do the live musicals? Mm. Yes, you do. I don't know. It's not coming to my mind. <laughs> L.A. Live musicals. Big venue. I got a COVID-19 alert. Because <laughs> you can't go there. What's it called? It's like the big outdoor venue. Oh, the Hollywood Bowl? Yes. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) That was where they did it. And Hugh Jackman is going to be in it. It's taking over where Beetlejuice was. Oh. That's why Beetlejuice got kicked out. I don't know that it's worth kicking Beetlejuice out, but okay. I don't know either. Ooh, The King and I. 
I've seen this, but I don't remember at all. I have to drink. Uh, no, I don't think I. I want to find a good one. Ooh, Little Shop of Horrors. I honestly, I don't. I've never seen it. <laughs> Suddenly, Seymour is standing beside me. He don't give me orders. He don't condescend. <laughs> Suddenly, Seymour. All right, that's a good one. To provide me. Sweet understanding. <laughs> anyway, um, Chicago. All that jazz. We already did that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know any others from Chicago? Have you seen Chicago? Uh, yeah. Um, I know the um, the good one. I didn't do it. Or <laughs> he had it coming. coming. He, had, he it had, coming. had it coming all along. I didn't do he it. But if I done but it, if I done it, could you I tell me tell that, me I, was that I was wrong? Pop six squish. Uh uh-uh. uh. Lipshits. That fits very well with our case. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Um, these are all bad. Sweet Charity. I just saw a clip of Timothy Chalamet in Sweet Charity for his high school musical. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Hairspray. Good morning, Baltimore. And then there's an open door. I'm trying to sing it annoyingly because <laughs> I think that character is super annoying. <laughs> oh, she is annoying, except for I would totally be her in Hairspray. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I like um the one that always like reminded me of myself. <laughs> I can hear the bells. <laughs> well, don't you hear him chime? <laughs> because he like ran into her in the hallway, and she was like, "We're getting married." <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, slow down, Tracy. <laughs> um, should we? Should we? P- oh, Greece. Greece is a good one. Summer loving had me a blast. <laughs> Summer loving happened so fast. I don't know the next line. <laughs> um, how about we do each come up with one that we know the other one knows something from, and then each come up with one where we were trying to trick each other? Or should we do the trick first do and then end on a high note? Do the trick first. Okay. Um, for you, Waitress, because I know you've heard songs from Waitress before. Okay. I don't know full verses, but I do know she used to be mine. That's all. Yes. All right. That counts. Okay. (laughs) Um, okay. I can't think of ones that you don't know. <laughs> That's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, you're into Broadway and stuff, so yeah. that makes sense. But maybe this might be easy, but uh, Moulin Rouge. Ah, see, I've never seen it. But doesn't it have that song that <laughs> maybe <laughs> the Lady Marmalade? Is that from Moulin Rouge? 
Get you, get you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's the only one I would know. <laughs> Lady Mama. <laughs> All right. Um, now I'm going to pick Dear Evan Hansen for you. I've learned to slam on the brake <laughs> before I even turn the key, before I make a mistake, before I leave with the worst of me. Give them no reason to stare. No slipping up when you slip away. No, I got nothing to care. Something. <laughs> I got nothing to say. Step out, step out of the sun if you keep getting burned. Do, 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 do. Step up. <laughs> I love. <laughs> um, I was ready to do the background vocals. But it's fine. <laughs> if we go to the whole thing, that's oh. it. <laughs> um... Hmm. For you, Beetlejuice. Yay! <laughs> <coughs> I've got to get my Lydia voice. Hey, Mom. Dead Mom. I need a little help here. I'm probably talking to myself here. But then, Mom, I gotta ask Are you really in the ground? Cause I feel you all around me. Are you here? Dead mom, dead mom. And on that night, high note. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> too bad Beetlejuice is not a thing anymore, so I can't be Lydia. Also, I'm way too tall to be Lydia. It would be really awkward if Lydia was like <laughs> taller than everybody. <laughs> You could do it. <laughs> you could be the next Lydia. I don't know that I can sing <laughs> Dead Bomb that way, so. Mm. <laughs> That's all right. I'll 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 stand behind the curtain. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'll just lip sync it. <laughs> I'm just there because I'm 5'1". <laughs> We'd be a great team. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of mom. Bye, mom. Bye, mom. <laughs>